Coming up, Planet Dune is a 32,000-square-foot indoor attraction in Idaho Falls, where 100% of the profit goes to the local D.A.R.E. program. We'll learn all about it, coming up. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 15 of our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunted house every day here on the show. Today is Thursday, September 15th, and there are 46 days until Halloween. In this year's Hauntathon, we have daily videos and even exclusive fan events. Links to everything are in the show notes. Okay, back to Planet Doom. I sat down with the owner, Brent Wilson, to learn about this year's event, and also how he got involved with D.A.R.E. in the first place. Here's Brent. My name is Brent Wilson. I'm the general manager of Planet Doom. We are a 32,000 square foot indoor haunted attraction in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Idaho Falls is the home of the Idaho National Lab. A lot of people aren't familiar with the INL, but it is the nation's preeminent nuclear R&D laboratory. And we actually, in 1961, I believe, had a legit nuclear accident out in the Arco Desert, 50 miles west of town. And so our theme is based around that. The idea is that there's been another nuclear accident and it's open to void where all your nightmares come true. You've now entered the void. And it gives us carte blanche to have multiple themes wrapped into one. But I would say our prevailing umbrella theme is post-apocalyptic, science gone wrong, just tying into local events and local culture. So our main theme is, is basically, we have a mixture of like Victorian slash postmodern apocalyptic science stuff. It's weird, it's really weird. It's, I don't wanna say cyberpunk, but it's a weird eclectic mix. So when you arrive, you're gonna see a 15 foot tall scare factory impaler. You're gonna hear some tribal type music. When you enter the haunt, we've got a very dark queue line area. We have literally hundreds of vacuform panels from Nethercraft wow. as you walk. It, the, the vibe is kind of a New Orleans style crypt. Like I said, it's a very eclectic yeah. haunt. And so then as you as you come through the queue line and get towards our ticket booth, we have a one of those Chainsaw Charlie photo ops from Pale Night. We've got a Midnight Studio effects giant super creature for photo ops. And then as you exit the ticket booth and head into Ticket Redemption, we have from Nevermore Productions, one of their giant mausoleums. Uh, so you actually walk into a mausoleum and you either get routed to Fast Pass or General Admission. Okay. And then we have a stage for Q-Line Entertainment. Okay. And then you enter the haunt proper. So there's a section of the haunt where you're gonna have crazy monsters from Unit 70 and okay. science lab stuff. And then there's a section of the haunt where it's gonna be old school Victorian traditional haunt stuff where we have a lot of distorted characters, characters that they have human features, but their faces have become distorted from radiation poisoning or whatnot. So it takes about 45 minutes to get through the haunt. About 85% is on the first floor. It's all handicapped accessible. Okay. And then we did reopen this year, another 4,000 square feet on the second floor. 100% of our proceeds goes to the Bonneville County Sheriff's D.A.R.E. program to help keep kids off of drugs. That's a, that's a cause that's near and dear to me. I've actually lost some close friends over the years. And so we are primarily a volunteer haunt. We do pay our actors that actually show up every night. We're open 18 nights. If they show up every night, they'll actually get paid at the end of the That's something that we've just been forced to do by the market. You know, the people that love it do it for free, but not everyone loves it that much. So this year, we're going to be paying our actors at the end of the season. I personally don't get paid anything. I'm actually the haunt's primary sponsor. I've got another business that supports my lifestyle and my haunt habit. And so I buy almost everything we need for the haunt and then I donate it 
to the nonprofit. And then I've got some really dedicated staff that support yeah. me. I've got Kelly Hess, who's our staff manager. We have about 85 actors when we're fully staffed, and she does a, a great job of bringing those in. And then we've got uh, Lena Bean, who's my kind of my build superintendent. She's a total rock star. And then Abe Hess helps with security and basically everything else. So we have a great team. And I couldn't, couldn't manage a 32,000 square foot haunt without them. <laughs> the haunt is gonna generate six figures for the D.A.R.E. program on a year to year basis. And you know, based on last year's numbers, I believe the nonprofit netted about 86,000. They need about $30,000 a year to run the program. So they're, they're flush with, with money right now. And we're hoping to hire another D.A.R.E. officer to go into local schools yeah. uh, with the extra money. Yeah, so the, the, the nonprofit took a huge leap of faith. We were able to purchase the building where we're located. It's a former grocery store. And not having to worry about whether or not you're going to get kicked out next year is huge yes, is, yeah. for any haunt operator. And so the nonprofit was able to purchase the building. We've about three and a half acres of parking to go with it. And one of the challenges, we got a great deal on the building, but the reason we got a great deal on the building is because the roof was destroyed. So we spent about $400,000 on a new roof. And that was, that was a make or break thing because we have a lot of animatronics and electronics in the haunt. And when you have water leaking in the, in the haunt, it's, it's a deal killer. Yeah. So they really took a leap of faith and sucked it up. We started adding food vendors to our parking lot and we've gotten to the point now where we can actually pay our mortgage and our roof loan with the income generated from the parking lot vendors. So everything the haunt brings in is gravy, which is, you know, it, they took a leap of faith and it's paying off. Our goal for this year for the program is to add another resource officer in the schools. That would be huge. One of our school districts in our community has strayed away from D.A.R.E. and our long-term goal is to wrangle them back in. They've, they've gone with an alternate program. So right now we're, we're working with District 93, which is a larger school district, and a couple of other outlying communities. So long-term we'd love to wrangle District 91 back into the D.A.R.E. program. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the D.A.R.E. Like, how did that whole situation come together where you started to work with the D.A.R.E. program? Yeah, so there, there actually is a haunt in our community that predated Planet Doom that yeah. generated funds for the D.A.R.E. program. It was called Dr. Slaughter's House of Terror, and they ended up closing a few years ago. And at the time, you know, I'd been a home haunter since literally I was a little kid. And I had a 3,000 square foot home haunt that was just outgrowing itself and so Dr. Slaughter's announced they were closing and a friend of mine took a picture of their marquee sign and she was like Brent you need to jump in and take over and so I did I contacted the dare officers and I was like hey I, I saw an article in the paper it says you guys don't have any funding without the haunted house here's some YouTube videos for my home haunt yeah you know I'd be interested in taking it over and so that was about six years ago. And so that's how I got involved with D.A.R.E. is I really just picked up the torch and it, it didn't feel right, you know, calling the haunt Dr. Slaughter's. It was a completely different group of people. And so we rebranded it as Planet Doom. We're actually changing the name at the end of the season just to Doom, Haunted Attraction. The whole planet thing just throws people off. They think it's an alien themed haunt. But yeah, so we rebranded it and we've completely rebuilt it. Yeah. All of the original scenes from Dr. Slaughter's are gone now and it's a completely new haunt. It takes it takes years to rebuild a 32,000 square yes, foot does. haunt. Yeah. Especially when you're a nonprofit that works off of donations. But let's talk a little bit about the what you all are working on, just big picture. Uh-huh. Our goal we want to be a big city quality haunt in a small yeah. market. And one of the advantages we have over, the, over other haunts in a small market is it's, this is not about money to me. I, I lose yeah. money on the haunt happily. Yeah. So we can throw the budget out. I mean, we have insane 
set pieces from Nevermore in the haunt. Yeah. We have insane animatronics. So I lose money every year at the haunt and I'm happy to do so. It's a labor of love. I don't do it for money. So we can provide that experience whereas somebody else that might do 3,000 customers a season won't have the budget for it. Well, you know, I've got another business that'll just write checks and make donations for tax write-off. And yeah. it's a win-win. It's great for the nonprofit. It gives me my creative outlet. So our goal, you know, we have some heavy hitters in the region. I mean, obviously Fear Factory and mm -hmm. Nightmare and 13th are phenomenal haunts. Yeah. And I don't think we'll ever have their budget. Our goal is to be a primary market quality haunt. And just provide that value basically. Yeah. And not need to really worry about like hitting your EBITDA or whatever, having the positive, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I don't yeah. even look at returns on investment. But when you market to the consumer, what is your like kind of unique selling proposition? Like how do you differentiate yourself in, in that market right. to the end consumer? One thing we definitely do not skimp on is creative like photos and videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we hire a professional a photographer and videographer yeah. because no one expects to find a quality haunt in a town our size. And so yeah. if we can get you know, social media photos and videos out there. If we can get commercials on TV and people are like, wait, this haunt is in Idaho Falls. You know, that's, I think that's the best way we can get the word out. And so we've, we've gotten to a point where capacity is a real issue. I mean, yeah. we, we yeah. had Saturday nights in October where people waited three hours and that's not acceptable. So yeah. we're, we're working on, we, we talked about dynamic pricing. We're just going to try this year time ticketing and we're hoping that helps with evening out our throughput and capacity yeah. because I really don't know given the configuration of our haunt and our building how we could squeeze any more people in we're we're running our groups on on 75 second intervals and if we go any shorter than that we're just going to get a conga line because of supply chain issues fright yep. props was not able their vendor was not able to get us the the throughput I forget what they call the fright timer and so we actually created one with a couple of uh, peekaboo controllers. So right now we've got an animatronic that gives the customers our rules and he's got a 65 second speech. And then we add on another 10 seconds and then a green light goes off in front of our queue line guy. And yeah. so we are now running the queue line much more efficiently than we were in previous seasons. I mean, it's been a learning experience. I've yeah. only been a pro honor for five seasons. Yeah. So I've learned a lot. And so now our throughput and our queue line are so much more efficient. So basically, up until now, it's been improving your throughput, but even even with the imp improvements, it's that ceiling. I mean, there's only so many levers. Once you've optimized to the best capability, yeah. then you have to either use dynamic pricing yep. to discourage people from coming on the peak nights, or you have to add velvet ropes or just raise your overall ticket price. I mean, exactly. there's, there's only so many levers you can pull with yeah. that. Yeah, and we're not a high income demographic, so I really Correct. don't want to raise Correct. prices. And we'll see how it goes this season with the uh, time ticketing. I can tell you last season, we got 50% more customers on Saturday nights than we did on Thursday and Friday nights. Yep. And so we might have to resort to dynamic pricing. Yes. We're going to see how it goes. We, we don't want to raise prices, but we might have to. If we can't discourage people from coming on different nights, we might have to. We do have a, a halfway to Halloween event every May, yep. which, you know, we generate a lot of money from that event. We, yep. uh, we had an event this past year in May that did numbers comparable to Saturday nights in October. What other challenges are you foreseeing coming up in the next, like this season through next season? A lot of the people in the age group that work at the haunt, you know, the, yeah. the high teens, low yes. 20s, these are people that have to work for a living. And we're yeah. competing, you know, with KFC offering $15 an hour in our market. Yes. That's what we're up against. Our best scare actor is now working at Starbucks as a manager making really good money. Yeah. And he's like, look, I need to give two weeks advance notice on any nights we're open. 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we can't lose you. But yeah, it's that's our big issue. Is a lot of these kids don't have the luxury of giving up 18 nights, yeah. you know, to the haunt. Yeah. And that's that's the challenge. I, one thing I find is as you know, the quality of the haunt improves every season. It's easier to to bring in actors that they're more inclined to want to work at the haunt as the quality improves. It becomes a cool place to work. I have a full time person on build crew, and yeah. she's always in the haunt six days a week, yeah. building year round. And then our staff manager, Kelly, is there. We we actually do actor training every Friday night all, all summer. So there's that component. We start building the week, the first week of November. The creative yeah. side of building haunts is yeah. my favorite aspect. I like it more than operating a haunt. <laughs> Why is it important for you to make it like that level of an experience? Because I guess just playing devil's advocate here, right? If you're not getting people traveling uh -huh. and it's a small area, I can't imagine that you need to have stuff from Nevermore and Vacuform <laughs> panels. Like it's not really a necessity for, for what you're doing and for your price point, it seems like. Right. So why is, that, why is that important? I've been building home haunts since I was literally eight or nine years old. And it got to the point where our home haunt in Florida, growing up, we had thousands of people coming, literally thousands yeah. of people coming to walk through our home haunt. It's something I've always loved. I love haunts, I love haunting. How can you, build a haunt and not want to make it amazing. If you love something, you give it 110%. I'm not doing this, I'm losing money at it and I'm happy to lose money at it. Yeah. This is a labor of love and I couldn't do a haunt and not give it my all, you know? We'll be open 18 nights this season. Our first opening night will be Friday, September 23rd. And then we will op be open Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights through Halloween and including Monday, October 31st. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network. <laughs>